Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Oh, look, there's Wicker Man buried over there. Nick Cage hated those bitches and their honey. We always looked for good movies back then. Something that would just give you the feels. Jack fucking hated Maverick as a period piece. I said, I ain't fiddling with no epic drama titties like Titanic. I'm a low fruit picker. Remember old Darkman? The good lord didn't give that film any favors in the CGI department. More of a candy corn classic than a showstopper. It thought it would be. How did it end? Better than Game of Thrones. (laughs) No. Fucking sequels. Oh, and there's old Sweeney Todd. Good film minus the singing. Acting could have been better too. Be thankful we only had to watch it twice. Huh? And 1984's Top Secret. Drew, you weren't even born yet. Oh, there's 2001's The Knight's Tale. Original and cute. A little Heath Ledger slut of a film. Nathan! Oh, I'm just calling a spade a spade. Taking oldies and putting it to a timeless genre. and Launch some careers of some big actors. What a whore. Come on, Nathan. Jesus, what are your picks? Oh, they're over there in the low-hanging fruit orchards. They would never be allowed here in the grab baggins garden. Ah, uh, here's Tremor and his children. Real ass blasters. <laughs> One time we were watching and Tremor's just trying to put some feels right up in me. Right up in there. Jesus, Nathan, too much. Well, my goodness, I didn't know Equilibrium was here. Wanted so desperately to be a grab bagging choice, but was so pretentious. See what you could have had, Equilibrium, if you hadn't talked about gun caught all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. I'm Nathan. And I'm Drew. And we're missing a leg of our tripod. Uh, Jackie Boy is not here today. Nah, Jackie Boy. He had to go be... Mr. Mr. Fancy Scientist and uh, go travel around and make sure other uh, other fancy scientists are doing their job right. If you'll turn to page three in the handouts that I provided, <laughs> uh, you will see that the molecular compounds of both the synthetic organisms are completely generative. Next slide. <laughs> Next slide. <laughs> <laughs> Next slide. <laughs> I, I feel like I just uh, see Jack in a room with other people just going like, doctor, 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 do you concur? <laughs> what do you concur <laughs> but every time he like i think that he's at like a conference and he's like the hype man he's like what's up physicians are you excited to talk about oxycontin <laughs> let's go let's go are you are you ready to trial run <laughs> you're gonna trial run you're gonna trial run all right now everybody just in the placebo placebo group what <laughs> nothing <laughs> You don't even know. <laughs> uh, it's going to be good stuff. Uh, All right. Well, anyways, but- we are coming at you live every two weeks, every fortnightly. Fortnightly. 
with a different movie, a different genre, and this one was my pick. Mm. And I picked for my old, per- was it old person or old man? Old, like old person, old people old person. movie. Old people. Um, let me tell you something. This pick that I'm about to reveal was probably a very interesting one for some. But I picked 2013's nominated for six Oscars, Nebraska. Mm, This is our third Bruce Dern iteration (laughs) on the podcast thus far. And and, and each of us, each of us has picked a different Bruce Dern movie. A little less racy on this one. Um, Oh, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Crazy uh, Hateful Eights was you. It right? was. It was. Okay, so never mind. Jack hasn't picked a Bruce Dern yet. Oh. General Smithers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, 2013's Nebraska. And uh, I, I would say let's let's at least get to the bean footage quickly mm-hmm. and before we forget about it completely. Totally. So you told the sheriff that you were walking to Nebraska. That's right. To get my million dollars. This is Woody Grant. We are now authorized to pay one million dollars to Woodrow T. Grant of Billings, Montana. This is his son. You didn't win anything. It's a complete scam. So you got to stop this, okay? I'm running out of time. This is his wife. I never knew the son of a bitch even wanted to be a millionaire. He should have thought about that years ago and worked for it. How much longer is he going to be around? What's the harm in letting him have his little fantasy for just a couple more days? This is his family. Woody here's the talk of the town. Why didn't you tell us you was rich, Woody? David said not to. You got a lot, yeah? Yeah, we sure would like to see what a million dollars looks like. And this is the problem. God damn, Woody Grant's a millionaire! is on Woody! If Woody hit it rich and I don't see any of it, that would be wrong. Are you threatening my family? Everybody's saying how Woody Grant's a millionaire. That's no big deal. No big deal? Jeez, million here, a million there. Well, the newspaper's gonna do a big write-up on you. Honestly, right? Woody didn't win anything. You're a damn liar. Hey, 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 hey. Come on, have a beer with your old man. Be somebody. Boy, howdy. Alexander Payne directed this film and... Drew, tell me about it. Did you... This is your first time. So this is my first time watching. Now, it is not my first time watching something that Alexander Payne directed. I absolutely love Sideways. Okay. Love Sideways. Paul Giamatti. I need to. I just, you know, it's weird. I I connect with Paul Giamatti's character in that movie so much. And as depressing as that sounds, but I really, I love the storytelling in Sideways. And, And just like this movie. There is a story. It's simplistic in its own way, 
but it's incredibly deep. All right. And that's that's Nebraska. That is Nebraska to a T for Woody Grant, played by Bruce Stern and Will Forte playing David, the son. It is it is their story. I mean, it's all about Woody, but it is definitely their story. More importantly, of of a son getting to know his father more. And I got to tell you right now, June Squibb playing the mom. So good. I love her. She might be my favorite character in the entire film. She I think she kind of rises to the top one, the dialogue and like just the character that she is. She gets a lot of moments to um, kind of overshadow people. Right. And uh, in a way which is not to, you know, say anything bad about the other cast. It's just that her acting is so well done of just a at the end of her rope. you know wife mother of a kind of a senile old man and just like the the history that is behind this film with with these characters and the lives that they lived in this small town growing up it's it's so we we were talking about right before that we started recording it's so painfully honest Mm. about everything every character in this is just so well done because it's so it's so real i can think of so many of these people in real life and i'm like yep small town people check and man and i and i think it's just to the point that like it is it is one of those situations that it seems like it could be so far-fetched but then you realize like no i do know people that would get something in the mail and they would they would actually believe that they've won like you know, this publisher clearinghouse sweepstakes or they've won this grand prize or, you know, my God, is there really a Nigerian prince who wants to give me like half of his wealth because the government's trying to give it away? So, yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 so there. I love the mom's brutal honesty and zero filter. Zero. Zero filter. I mean, just her like listening to the guy sing uh in in the bar and she was like oh he always did have a nice voice and it was the only thing about that it was a, yeah it was the only thing nice about that bastard woody's like it's all right and kate's like all right did you know he was always trying to get into my bloomers jesus mom was the whole town trying to seduce <laughs> you <laughs> she makes herself out to be like this <laughs> this entire thing it might be one of my favorite scenes is when she when she's the, in the yes. in the graveyard and she lifts up her skirt and she was all like, look at what you missed. <laughs> I'm just like, she, you had him she talking doesn't about weed give all the time. Forgive, right? I mean, forgive me, folks, but like this is a character who gives zero fucks and I love but, her for it. I mean, the first thing that we get out of the mother when he brings his dad back to the house, she's all like, you crazy bastard. Get inside. I didn't even know he wanted to paint or he wanted a truck again. Like, I mean, she's completely beside herself because he is again, he's dead set to go on this trip. He's dead set to get this million dollars. We don't really know why he's just hard pressed to, to get the it. point that he's literally walking to Nebraska. Like, like I'll walk to Nebraska. You're going to walk like 7000 miles or something and, or 700 and- miles. It's like, so weird no, that like the disconnect in the brain 
of logic of, okay, yeah, I, I'm going to need, you know, uh, maybe I'll get a bus or maybe I'll do No, just, I have to get there and I have to collect my prize. I don't care. I'll just walk and I'll figure it out or not even I'll figure it out. Like I'm just going to go, but to know the direction, even, I don't know. It's so old person. I no, he's so dead set on it. And I think, I think what makes it frustrating and yet again, heartbreakingly clear is at the end when his son just asked him like, why, why are you doing this? And his whole thing is just like, I wanted to leave you something because when it comes down to it, the dad at the end and even the mom, like they're not wealthy people. He's retired. She's obviously, you know, retired. She doesn't cut hair anymore. And he doesn't like, they don't have anything to give their boys, which in his mind, he feels he has to, you have one guy who works at like essentially like a radio shack. And then you have another brother who's a news anchor but the but our main guy, the main son, David, who like his relationship or marriage is like down down the drain. We never see the wife anymore or the ex uh, girlfriend. So that's gone for him. But man, Bruce Stern just explaining like I want. You know what it is? It's it's a downtrodden and broken man, much like. Jack Lemon in Glengarry Glen Ross. Like he doesn't feel like he is worth something anymore. He feels that he has, I mean, obviously passed his prime. He wants this last ditch as crazy as it seems effort to do something right. Or in in his mind to do something right by his kids. And it's weird. The disconnect where, the son is asking, like, if you didn't want kids, why did you have us? And he's just like, well, you're like your mother's Catholic and I liked fucking. And <laughs> it's just like, OK, thanks, Dad. Again, that painful honesty and Bob Odenkirk playing the brother, which is not, almost not enough. Like, I wish that there was more. Didn't you? Of, yeah, you wanted more of him. Just because. Because it's Odenkirk. He's so good in almost everything that he touches. I love it. Um, and and Stacy Keach as, I guess, our villain. Jack would I be mean, very sad to be missing uh, talking about this. But um, so I think so. I I liked him. He's very he's a suave, charismatic until he, you know, confronts Will Forte in the bathroom. And he's all like, yeah, he owes me like ten thousand dollars. And um, how about we? How about we get him to pay me back before I get lawyers involved? Yeah. And it's like, what are you? Are you threatening my family? No, no. It's like, and yes, you are. <laughs> one thing that I noticed in um, the dealings of when my grandmother passed away, um, the the vultures in families really do come out. And oh, it's very awkward yeah. when you have. Yeah family that just is like hey like we just want to divide up things you know equally and fairly and like let's let's all like just take a second let's see what you know who wants what and there is those that think that it is um a fire sale and everything must go and it must go now and it all must go to me and it's wild absolutely oh 
Yeah. And you have family in this in this film that are just like, well, we need a cut. And remember, remember when we helped you out? Like, what the shit? It, it's not even it's not even over the fact that like, like it's they, they feel that they're owed. And, and I feel like that's kind of one of the weird things where obviously if people do win the lottery or something, they want to keep it to themselves. Yeah. They don't want to they don't want to like, you know, broadcast it because people will come looking for a handout. And it may seem harmless and innocent to be all like, hey, my family is kind of hungry this week. And, you know, so and so lost their job. Could we have like five hundred dollars? And I mean, like if I won, like, let's be, let's just be like really generous. If I won three million dollars and someone said, can I have five hundred? I'd be all like, I mean, if they genuinely need it and it's like family. Sure. Probably. Yeah, I'd probably give it up. But then if every single cousin comes up with like one little problem, one little problem, one little problem. Or, hey, remember when we did this? Remember when I helped you move That's this in? The worst or blah, part blah, 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 is, blah. Do you remember that you owe me? And like, I haven't said anything because I, I wanted to be cool. But now that you have the financial means, now I'm going to say something. And now you're going to feel obligated to pay it. Because they don't want to just say, hey, can I have money? Like, you know, can I, we're family. Like, isn't that cool? Like, don't you take. And stuff they're bringing, and stuff they're bringing up is like decades old. So old. So bullshit. So old. Oh my. And and that's what frustrated me. Although I did find it hilarious. Now, am I mistaken? Is Tim Droskel and and, uh, Devin Rattray, are they brothers? Or do they just really look alike? They are so similar. Oh my gosh. They look like they could be twins. But and they they have a I just, really I just love that. They have a really good four moment. hours to drive. I the 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 swiping the mugging of of Bruce Dern, which is a little sad. To, to if get you get the letter back, it. which it's it is it shows the desperateness. Frankly, and luckily, I know it's not from the sister and and the brother in law. Yeah. Or sorry, from the brother, from the brother and the sister-in-law. It, it's, de- it's definitely the boys. Yeah, it's definitely the boys. The boys are just like, oh, we've never seen a million dollars. Can we see it, Woody? Well, I don't have it yet. Yeah, yeah. I bet it's, I bet it's a lot. I bet it looks great. And it, it's like, man, you, I no. The brothers bugged the crap out of me. I hated the mugging scene. I hated the snide remark when he goes back to get the letter because at that point right now, it, it, it's not even the money. It's it's the hope that the letter gives. Yes. And and that's that's what's terrible. And that's the thing that like when he goes back to the diner and they, you know, they're sitting around and they're mocking him because they realize that the letter saying like, oh, you could be a millionaire. Please come back and return this number and, you know, subscribe to our magazine sale. The brokenness. That Woody has and Bruce Stern portrays as he walks back and he takes the letter and he delicately and carefully meticulously folds it back, puts it back in. You know, he wants to say something. You know, he wants to stand up for himself. You know, he wants to defend it. But in the back of his mind, he know he he knows he even knows that he can't. And I think that there's and there's a history uh, with with Woody where uh, like Kate says, you know, people will walk all over him and he's just that he's just too nice. Yeah. And it's him not wanting to burn bridges 
with Ed, with anyone, and just, hey, I'm just trying to, you know, go get my money. And, like, that's what the paper says, and, like, that's what I'm going to do. But the the savagery that is the rest of this town, which, Drew, you grew up in Bakersfield, correct? Born and I was born in Bakersfield, and I grew up in Kern Valley, which is a sliver of a sliver of Bakersfield. And the drama that is small town, you know, old people, absolutely astonishing. I see it with my uncle and uh, the Elks, or the uh, for some people, some of our listeners, the Rotary Club, or the Lions. Oh, are, okay, the Lions or the Rotary. They are the literally Lions having Club. an yeah. issue where bringing in certain people like allowing certain people are now that they're like politically trying to take over the building and they're i'm like you've got to be kidding me you guys nobody cares but for them for them that's all that matters (laughs) and it breaks tradition but it breaks tradition it breaks it breaks what is the same and i mean even to the town i forget the town that they go back to where you know they meet yeah, and they meet up with, you know, all the old family. We're going to talk about that. We will that talk Woody about her. used to date. And, and, um, and uh, Stacey Keach's character of Ed. I mean, it is, it is a run-down town, which I actually recognized from another movie that I watched, and I can't remember what it was. It was, oh, it was a horror movie with Sarah Michelle Gellar, and I can't remember what it is. But the point being is, like, it's weird how memories are what are the only thing that are alive in this town. It's not it's not the future. It's not consistency. Uh, it's memories. And that's what is bringing everybody back and keeping them there. Because everyone walks up and doesn't say like, you know, I mean, not necessarily not, but everyone walks up and asks him, how are you doing? What have you been up to? So he looks back. They look back on not like what are you doing now specifically, but everyone looks back on what it is. The the the, the mom comments on uh, Ed's voice. They go back to the newspaper. He the son looks back at the paper printing of his dad coming back from war and getting shit for coming back from war and not, you know, I guess being the soldier or being the hero that everybody you know technically wanted to. It's all about Woody's history of, of being a yes man and a people pleaser and. Uh, Ed's character bringing up like Woody's tattered past and stained, which is so you know, bullshit to do to a son. The... It, it's so stupid. No. It, it didn't matter, but it, it, it matters it, it, it to mattered Ed. Nothing. To... Yes, Un- I mean, but all he wanted yes. to do, he, all he wanted to do was embarrass him. He wanted to embarrass him, and he wanted to, he wanted to stick Fuck it, you, Ed. And just have you. it stick in his craw. That's all he wanted. The Ed, the the character of Ed. Very. He's a petty old man. He's a petty old man. But when he gets that letter and he starts reading it to the crowd in the bar, well, fuck, he's king of the castle. Because at this point, it's back on him being the highlight. And Woody is the guy who left and no one remembered. Until he comes back. I just, it sucks. <sighs> but I want to talk about Peg. Peg Nagy, because I like she Peg. is, I think, one of the like the ray of sunshine in what is we haven't even talked about the fact that this film is in complete black and white. 
and that's true. It is it is all in black and white, and I, and I I agree that she is a ray of sunshine. I think Peg is probably the most honest character. A, you know what? No, she is the only true honest character in the entire movie. I think, and especially just to David, just telling him right the truth. David lies. Yeah, David lies to him. The wife lies to him. I mean, the wife is brutally yeah. honest, but the wife also lies in the movie to other people. But Peg. She tells him, like, this was your dad. This is what he did. This is who I was. And you know what? I I let him go. I don't have any regrets. Oh, the story's not true? Well, I, I can't print that. I'm sorry. And she's like, you know, your father... I, I think it's, it's, it's the sincerity where she literally has to tell Woody. And it's weird that he has to actually be almost convinced by a stranger to believe it when she tells him, like... Your father is a good man. Yeah. And 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 his, and his face is just like huh. Just the okay. When when she talks about like I don't have any regrets, like I have, you know, seven grandkids, you know, she goes kind of down the list like I got married right. and all these things. Right. And you know, my husband and I ran this newspaper until the day he died. Yada yada yada. And you can tell that she's genuinely she she was happy. It wasn't that she like looked back and was like man, like, I should have married Woody, F you, you know, it was just that, like, my life would have been different had I, you know, right. and and maybe I would have been really, really happy with Woody. I do kind of feel like I maybe missed the boat, but I recognize that I missed the boat, and that's okay. My life still turned out great, and I'm happy about it, but that last shot when they are driving through town and... Her smile just mm. says it all of, I'm just, I'm happy for you, Woody. And I'm happy that you're. Yeah. Or the, you know, you know, who's the other person that's like genuinely happy. The other guy with the uh, glasses who walks up to him and he's all like, Hi, how Woody, are you doing, <laughs> Woody? And he waves and he waves to him as he's leaving. He's like, hi, Woody. Looking good. <laughs> My like, man. I mean, that's probably the only other person in town. <laughs> uh. He's probably the only other person in town that's like genuinely happy for him. And I I got to tell you, Nathan, I was going to be so angry at you. Oh, Ooh, I was going to be so angry at you right at the end because the dad. So the, the son, for those obviously who have never seen the movie, you should probably have stopped listening a while ago because of spoilers. But when the, when the son trades in his car. And gets the truck because Woody always wants a truck and he wants to get a compressor. But he puts the truck or it's the dad's truck, but it's in his name. And he lets the dad get in the front seat and and drive. And then, of course, Woody has to tell him, like, get down, get down. This is my moment. (laughs) When when he gets out of the car outside the city limits and he's walking from the passenger around the truck to the to or the driver's side to the passenger side, and they're swapping. Yeah. Okay, they're doing, you know, little Chinese fire drill. Nathan, I swear to God, I thought oh. he was going to collapse walking to the passenger side, and my brain is like, oh, fuck you, Nathan. I swear to God, if it went through the whole thing, I mean, it would almost have been so sweet and poignant in a way because he got he got to save face. He got to still smile by and pass it and, and pass people by and just wave and nod. And he, he got to stick it to him in a way. 
and he got to, he but got to look good. Movie, but thank God, this movie <laughs> was more than a like almost like I feel like that would have been a cheap. I well okay. Ending. No no obviously I'm I'm glad like it didn't a, happen that way. Like a, oh oh no I, I love you son or any, any of that like you are still left with technically an old man who you know you've learned more of he you know a son has learned more about him but they're still their relationship is still it's still growing growing and Dern is still kicking after right. this and a uh, man as as much as he got so he's fallen and he's hit his head he's had a concussion oh, gosh. he leaves the hospital in his nightgown and oh i felt so bad for the lady at the uh at the at the district office and she's all like Oh, your number's not it. I could I could give you a hat. <laughs> and she even mentions that, you know, yeah, we, we get this once in a while, you know, where someone comes in like this. And what a depressing feeling that you know that your company puts these things out and people kind of have their whole heart crushed. Yeah. Probably, yeah. They learn, oh, it was just, you know, it's just a piece of paper and it didn't really mean anything. Well, it didn't mean um, anything but, to her, yeah. To her, I want to give a special shout out to Noah Mateo, the the photographer, that kid. So funny that he comes by and he's just, you know, he works for the paper. He's going to come by and get that photo and doing his job on his bike. Loved it. <laughs> he nailed it. <laughs> give him an Oscar. And the Oscar nominee for the most irrelevant character goes to. Noah Mateo for the kid photographer. You know, honestly, I don't know if I actually saw Woody's character smile in the entire movie. Or maybe Doesn't just at the end. The Does he smile at the photo? end? No, he stares like straight into the camera. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he always looks he always looks disheveled. Always. <laughs> when when uh Rance Howard, uh which so glad that he's uh alive for this and and uh throwing out films still when the two of them are just sitting there in their cat in the, on the couches, when the whole family is so, there, I love then it. Then they fall asleep together. They're both just yeah. like passed out. It's so true. Old people just sleep anywhere. They just fall asleep. I, they just, okay. Th them falling asleep. Everybody sitting around watching the game. The brother asking the other brother when he shows up, how long did it take you? And I started thinking, like, why is why oh. is that relevant? But it's something we all do, and we ask. And then they just start like, like, you know, they are almost humbugging laughing. to each other back and forth. What happened to that old Chevy? I didn't drive a Chevy. It was a Buick. Oh yeah, it was a Buick. What happened to it? Those cars never usually drop dead. It dropped dead. <laughs> like it's just the. It was it was such a simplistic scene. But it's so just on point with how real it was. I And I, I genuinely well, and this, like that scene a lot. They're talking and they just keep going back to their, to each other of like, it took them how long? To oh, get my from God. They wouldn't like, let it go. Like, oh, I could get you there in three hours. You'd have to drive like 120 miles an hour. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> I, dro I drove up from Dallas one time. That's 850, 850 miles. I've done it in eight hours. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, Bart was moving. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, I mean, again, this movie's kind of cut and dry for the most part. Uh, it's, it, 
it's very straightforward, but I think you get a lot out of it with the little scenes that come to and fro. You still see life. The man, I I very much pictured my own father when he was going through the old farmhouse and he was looking at each and one of the rooms and he's like, this was my brother's room. That's where my brother died. And then he the the ability to walk in and he said, this was my parents room. I wasn't allowed in here or I would have gotten beat. It is weird. It's just, so weird yeah. how differently we grow up as opposed to our kids grew, grew, you know, grew up. Cause like my parents sure. room, I could go in one, like I would go in once in a while. I remember I had a, my friend's parents room that I was almost like afraid of. Like I was just like, Oh, there's no way that I would oh, I'm sure. never ever going oh, sure. in that room unless like, sure. Unless all hell's break, just, I'm not doing it. But now like, I feel like there's times I'm like, Nuggy, get out of here. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like we, we have so much love for our son and, oh, he, I look back at, you know, I had a lot of love for my family, but I know that my dad and, and my dad's dad didn't necessarily have that communication. Uh, Obviously, you know, that generation you is mm. stoic. You shut up. You don't talk about your feelings. You don't talk about anything and to the point of, you know, you have these memories and all these life experiences. And for Kate being just a, a sought after commodity um, from, <laughs> I love how just, <laughs> Oh yeah. He, while we were wrestling, he grabbed a whole, whole handful of boob. <laughs> there's your, there's your dad's Whore. sister's rose. What a what a what a oh, whore! Oh no, I liked her. <laughs> she was. I liked her. She was just a slut. Oh, she, okay, so mom. Good. Thanks. Segments. <laughs> Segments. Segments. Uh, Talking about Segments. All right. The first one is prize winner. <laughs> Nothing fancier, fancy, or deceitful here. Just pure cold hard cash with your list of magazine subscriptions. You've accelerated at the ripe age of 85. You receive a letter, and it turns out it's actually real. You won $1 million. What are the first two things that you want? Man, 85 years old. I assume by that point, obviously, like I own my home. I'm going to be very little to debt free. I've been retired for probably 15 to 20 years. I would hope so, Drew. Yeah. Never know. (laughs) Never know. You have have professors that teach well into their 80s. I don't know. Uh, You know, I think just for kicks, I I would want to. Man, I, I think I would want to, like, have a reunion of friends and family rent out a theater and just do that. Oh, Lord I thought you were going to say, let's do the time warp again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 85 <laughs> and doing a pelvic oh. thrust. <laughs> no, um, I, I think, I think renting out a theater and, uh, just doing a fun little, uh, reunion and watching Lord of the Rings again and just still having it be amazing, which I can only assume, you know, 50 years from now, just still being great. Of course it will be. 
Uh, the other man, I can only I can only deduce that I would. Fifty years from now, man, my I I would probably be buying something for my niece's family or my nephew's family. I can only okay. assume. Yeah, something maybe maybe paying off their car or something. I wouldn't. Oh. My nana, my nana always said when she wanted to get the lottery that she wanted a uh, a Ford Mustang convertible, red. Boy, howdy. <laughs> so. Maybe I'll just buy that and like leave it, <laughs> leave it at the cemetery. <laughs> just go drive it, park it there, put a sticker, property of fairy, go Kill out on the, go. on over all the two. <laughs> oh, sir. <laughs> leave it, leave it right next to her tombstone. I don't know. It's that she's buried at the, uh, the military funeral. Oh, even worse. Uh, cemetery. I can't really. You can't you can't leave uh, a car there. <laughs> my two things are pretty simple and pretty uh pretty ridiculous. Um the first one is I would want to get um like authentic armor from Lord of the Rings but in nerf uh material. Because I'm 85 years old, I'm not going to be able to actually like have armor on me. So like if I have nerf armor, I feel like that would you could have yeah. it done in foam and yeah, it could be painted cosplay, to look right. You know, equivalent. I mean, have some top notch cosplayers mm, make it for me. Dwarvish, dwarvish oh. nerf armor. It just, I would just walk around the house and again, it's nerf. So it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't weigh anything. My neighbors would be like, is that old man Zimmerman? What the hell is he doing? <laughs> What's he doing? Why does he only have the helmet on? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Saruman. <laughs> he's yelling Gondor calls for aid, but he's really just hitting his life alert button. Uh, and the second thing is, um, and I hope I have it by then, but um, I would love a pizza oven. Like, I think, I think oh, pizza you know ovens what? are yeah, awesome. That'd be nice. But they're so, in my opinion, they're so ridiculous because, like, you got an oven, just, you know, cook it like a normal freaking human being but but there's so i don't know there's something oh, so amazing. different like i i know people no yeah i know people who use it to obviously like they'll use it to bake real quick or fry something i i know somebody who has one he just throws wood in there and uses it like well, a fireplace <laughs> but like you can make some nana bread you could do uh, you, you, all kinds of stuff but yeah mm. that's that's what i would do yeah you can this is weird, but we don't have Jack. I, I want to take a moment of it's silence fine. for He's Jack. He's all like I, sausages. <laughs> a sausage maker. Sausages. I'm going to can my own meats. <laughs> I'm looking at you two. <laughs> uh, Nathan, this was a piss poor pick. <laughs> a cherry picking bullshit pick. Anyways, we love you, Jack. We miss you. Uh, <laughs> uh, father and son segment two sometimes to prove your point you just have to load up and prove them wrong manually parents can be stubborn but you know but you know you know them all oh, wow okay let's clip this right here sorry you're gonna have a little bit of editing drew <laughs> but we know them all too well <laughs> no God. i'm gonna leave it in but we know them all too well. I'm going to leave it and all And what it would in. be like. If you had to take a road trip with one of your parents, what would you talk about? 
And what would you have to constantly stop for? My dad and I, if we were to go on a extended road trip together, one, it'd be very enjoyable, just like it would be with my mother. Um, but with my father, we would talk about movies. Um, we would go through a very uh, defined list, I feel like. We would go through like, um, we'd start with maybe Lord, something would spur it. Like, oh, that reminds me of Lord of the Rings. We would quote a lot of the movies. Princess Bride, Star Wars. We kind of go down our list of movies that Zorro the Gay Blade. You know, just fun movies that we've watched over the years. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Dad. Dad, Uh, do you see the babas in the sheep? (laughs) The pebbles? (laughs) The sheep Uh, in the fields. But we would be also constantly stopping to take pictures. (laughs) Because I think that my dad is very good at photography and um, has an eye Mm. for it and likes to... Say, oh, no, no, let's let's get some photos right here. So that's what we would do. What about you, Drew? So uh, I would also travel with my dad. I mean, not that traveling with my mom would be a bad thing. Um, yeah, but my my dad is a bit more handy when it comes to, like, going places and how to get there. Uh, plus, he can read a map and uh, I get car sick easily. So I'm not going to be able to read a map for him. Luckily, also, we have GPS. But the point is there. So... We would, man, it would just be a variety of topics. I think, I want to say three out of the five times, it might revert back to family and something of his own experience to bring up. But, man, we would have to avoid certain political uh, topics. Otherwise, that's going to be a very upsetting and short car ride. (laughs) So... Uh, stopping, man, we would have to stop McDonald's. He loves his McDonald's. And if we stopped at the gas station, he, he would always have to get his diet Coke with some strawberry syrup. That's like his little like go-to thing. Now, if he could find some RC Cola and peanuts, he will be a happy camper. Have you ever done that? Have you ever put the R- or the peanuts in the RC no. cola, and then you drink and you chew the chew the peanuts at the same time? You get like a salty sweet goodness right, right in the kisser, right in your mouth, Nathan. <laughs> a, bun- a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of nuts right in your mouth. <laughs> brought to you by Planners. This is nuts. a family <laughs> show. Brought to you by. <laughs> oh, okay, well, good stuff. Uh, and the last segment. Okay. Yeah. See what you could have had if you hadn't been talking about weed all the time. Oh, Keith, you missed the boat, man. Everyone wanted it, and you could have had it, but you had to go and talk about wheat. Really? What a fucking loser. Anyways, what a missed opportunity. What missed opportunity have you had that later found out could have totally happened? Did that person move on? Did they take a different life path? Was there a major reason why it didn't happen then, but could have had, or could have if you'd just known? Or, who is someone that is dearly departed that you would love to give them a last message of either vulgarity or lascivious nature? I, I tried to think of this where there was nothing where an opportunity passed by that I didn't know about necessarily. I can definitely talk about an opportunity that did go by that I did pass up. Um, and as for like, I don't know, getting one last shot in at somebody. 
I don't know. I don't want that being like my last yeah. memory of a person, even if I didn't really like them. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily think that that's going to be helpful, but to kind of slightly take poetic license with your with the first option. Uh, there was a time that my family went to uh, Europe and they went to Normandy. And it was, you know, the anniversary of D-Day where my papa uh, went in on D-Day and they had this big old ceremony and it was this whole trip. And they're like, hey, like we're going to Europe, like come to Europe. And I at the time when I was uh, dating this one girl, I said like, oh, no, that'd be great. We would we would love to go. But having like ultra conservative parents, they're like, no, she's. She's not family like this is a trip for family. Mind you, we had been dating for like five years, maybe six years at that time. And it's like, no, sorry, she's not family. So I ended up giving up this trip to Normandy and to Europe because I because I felt that was horrifically unfair. And I thought that was a rather big insult. Well, she's carrying my uh, child, say, so I guess that makes her family. <laughs> <laughs> Load up, sweetheart. <laughs> watch your step. Watch your step. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, no. Um, so that was passed up. I was later told I, w- I made a mistake by this individual. Oh. They said, no, you, you were wrong in that. And I was like, oh, well, you're welcome. Well, there, is, there it is. <laughs> Um, one time in Mr. Bradley's math class, um, a girl and I, her name is Chandra. Um, we were both in the classroom and Mr. Bradley had to leave for like 20 minutes. And he was like, Hey, you guys just, just keep working on, uh, like we were, I don't even know why we were in there. It was for some like float or like pep rally or something like that. And on just stuff for you know, the pep rally or whatever. And he's like, oh, you know, um, mm-hmm. my TA isn't even here today. So like you guys can just use the room and uh, I'll be back. I'll be back in about 20 minutes. Carry on. And <laughs> we're both working on our stuff. And I remember we were talking and then one of us said, oh my gosh, how crazy would it be if we just like make just like everything and just started making out. And the other was we were both just like, oh my gosh, that'd be so crazy. And then we didn't do anything, Drew. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan, she we, gave you the signals. We just we just went back to our, our pep rally stuff, and no, nothing happened. No, she she laid down the groundwork. She built the house. She she even turned on the light outside. All you needed to do. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you just you needed to open the door. And I didn't. <laughs> and I found out like two years later, she was like, Yeah, like I totally wanted to like hook up with you right there and like make out, but you and I was like, Oh <laughs> I see. Uh, I thought, right. Yeah, okay. It's I thought yeah, you were just stuff. full of school spirit. <laughs> Pep rally. <laughs> So yeah, I I learned like sadly I was like oh okay never mind. <laughs> wah, wah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a very fun time. And Drew, how would you rate 
Nebraska. Now that you <sighs> got to see it, I'm sure twice and in all its glory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What would you rate the film? You know, honestly, I genuinely, I genuinely liked Nebraska. I thought it was a well, well-made, well poignantly done film. I, you know what? I give it. <sighs> I think I gave it uh, four out of five. But right now, you know what I would give it? Because I, I got I got such a good feeling from it. Uh, I would steal the air compressor that was not my dad's. Hell and yeah. I would still I would still run with it. <laughs> Very nice. Well played. Um, I would give this film nine hundred thousand dollars out of a million. Um, mm. A nine out of ten. It it doesn't like clear the bar of perfect like it's you know, it's not a perfect film but especially on that first watch when you come into it just un unbetrothed to any knowledge about it you're just like all right like here we go like Let's Nebraska it. it's so rewarding at the end for right and i think that's the kind of the good part about it is that it's it doesn't need to be anything monumental it's just rewarding it's honest and I think it's a really good film. I really enjoy it. And it gives me the feels that the more and more that my parents get older, mm. the more and more truth I see in, in, you know, when you, when you talk to people about your parents and like who they were growing up or who they were as those people knew them, it's really interesting. And luckily I don't get a lot of this, uh, bullshit where people are like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, he has a tattered past and like, uh, oh, that. but, man. but I mean, but, it's man, it's also good to see that, you know, David just learned that his dad was human and well, and not I mean, just a I, drunk. That's true. Not just a drunk, not just a mean person, but you're right. He did. He did eventually find a deeper, if not, a piece, maybe not better side to him, but I think he's I think he's he's seeing him more as a as a well-rounded person, aside from just just a one note. Right. He doesn't yeah. see him just as the drunk anymore. And I mean, by God, nominated for Best Picture back back when Bruce Stern was nominated for Best Leading Actor, uh, the the lady who Miss Squibb, who played the mom, Best Supporting Actress damn right to best supporting actress mm-hmm. if man it, it's just done well and and i in i love the fact that it, i could be completely wrong here but the fact that it is filmed in black and white i think is a bit ironic because it's it's how his son sees him but it's not how he really is Okay, I can see that. I, well, because I look, for the longest time, he saw his dad literally as just this. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. He saw his true. dad as a drunk. And then slowly and surely, he's starting to see a little bit. I mean, I didn't want this thing to turn into, like, Pleasantville or, like, The Giver. But, yeah, man, I agree. I if, agree. It, if it could have been, like, a slow fade to color as he's making his drive through the town... And I see your true colors, <laughs> and that's why I love you. Yeah, you just you just have like the Star Trek, uh, 
uh, Enterprise theme going around. It's been a long road <laughs> getting from there to here. Ladies and gentlemen, on your bingo card, if you had Jack being absent but still mentioning Star Trek, you are instantly a winner. One million dollars. Come collect it's your prize. What? It's what I bring to the table. Star Trek. Uh, I love it. I love, love it. <laughs> Drew, how can people get a hold of us? Well, guys, you can always look for us up on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for The Real Feels Podcast. We are up on Twitter at Real Feels Pod. You can send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can call the Tooch line. Tooch, tooch. 661 376 0030. Guys, we haven't had a Tooch since last February. We'd love oh. to hear from some of you. Tell us what you think of Nebraska. Tell us what you think of Bruce Dern. Tell us what you would do if you won a million dollars. Mm. I like mm. it. Well, coming up, I believe we are moving on to Drew. It's me, and I'm I'm going to bring you guys some satire, and hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, uh, we can get this wrapped up and done before October is over, because it's a horror movie, and I want it to be in October. I want it to be in October, (laughs) Dave. I want it to be in October. So, next movie is going to be my satire film. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I know each of you have seen it. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Uh, but Nathan, hey, even though Jack is here, I got to say, we got a new Patreon. Oh, so uh, my buddy, David Powell, uh, became one of the realest. And uh, man, he already has a movie picked out for us to watch Davisto, movie picked out uh, i'm gonna be sending him his uh some real phil swag yeah i'm i'm pretty excited pretty excited david we love you bud and yeah, can't wait good. to do he's he's good can't wait to do the film yeah he's good people he's he's good people so guys if you want to be much like david and all the other folks over on patreon for the real Phil's podcast just give us a look up see you can follow at some of those levels you can you know get early access to episodes you can get some real feels swag stickers keychains buttons sweet swag and yeah it's uh some good some good stuff there so well as as always guys you're the and the feelist i ain't fiddling with no cow titties i'm a city girl <laughs> We'll see you guys later. See you later.